wanted to uh, go on a little bit here as we were talking last week. If you weren't here last week, you can uh, catch up online at uh, victorylafayette.org, or you can see the people in the back if you don't have that access, and they can hook you up with a CD or something to get you to get you caught up. But we've been talking uh, last week, this week, and we'll talk again next week about Jesus being at the center. Jesus at the, we sang the song, Jesus at the center of our lives. That if Jesus is at the center of our life, it's not just that he came into this earth, but it's the fact that he is invited into your life by you and by the power of the Holy Spirit resides there and becomes the center of our world. And if we can allow him to become the center of our universe, you know, we've talked a lot about kids and family and all that stuff over the past bunch of weeks. That, that, that the center of your universe is Jesus. Your relationship with him is the first and foremost relationship that you have. And when you're with him and you're living with that and he is the center of your life, I'm telling you, he takes care of your past. Don't ask me how. You don't even know how. But how many of you know, it didn't like that anymore. He's changed something in you. You don't act that way anymore. He'll absolutely turn your present upside down. Not only will he erase your past, take care of your past, cover it by the blood, he'll change your present. He empowers you in this life to be different today. We live in a society and we live in a world that helps us and teaches us to better ourselves so that tomorrow we will be better, so that tomorrow things can change so that next week will be different. And I don't, I don't poo-poo any of that, or any, but I'm telling you, Jesus came, and his presence is alive in this place, and if you know him, it's alive in your life, and that will give you the power to change your present today. If you always think it's going to happen tomorrow, it won't happen. You have to come to the realization that Jesus wants to get in your business, and he wants to change your today. Last week we talked about past, today we're going to talk about present, and next week we're going to talk about future. We're talking about the Christmas Carol. It's a story written by Dickens, and, and there's been movies out over the years, and, and it really focuses on old Scrooge, right? The, the crotchety, grumpy old guy, and, and, and he doesn't understand probably and really understand or know why he is crotchety, why he is mad, why he is grumpy, why he is bah humbug. I mean, he, he doesn't even realize what what has made him that way? But how many of you know you are where, how you are today because of the things that happened in the past? Now, you don't have to be that way anymore because God will take that past away. And he'll empower you to change your present. But, but Scrooge doesn't know this. And in the movie, he faces these three ghosts. The ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas is yet to come. And last week, we talked about the past. We talked about the fact that you're weighted down in your life by chains which I will not wear all of those chains three services in a row because I couldn't move my neck for a week. I left third service and I had to go home and put the heating pad on and lay real still and I couldn't turn my head either way. Those things are heavy. If you were here, I, was all, I had them all over. But, but when we were finished, we cast off those chains. See, he was held in his life by these chains of loneliness and regret and remorse and, and rejection and all these things that had happened to him in his life. And they'd all happened, and, and, and it just formed this burden that he carried in his life. 
But we talked about it in our life. Jesus came to break you free of those burdens. He came to change our life in a way that we can cast off those chains, that we don't have to be burdened by the past. The 2 Corinthians 5.17 is true. Old things have been passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. And we finished it with this scripture in Ephesians chapter 4 that said that we're supposed to put off the old man. Who you used to be. Well, I was kind of like that yesterday. Well, that's not yesterday. Today is today. So you put off who you were, the old man, and then we know it says to put on the new man in Christ, but there's a passage in between there between putting off the old and putting on the new. What allows us to put on the new man, which is in Christ, is the renewing of our mind and our attitude. That if we can cast off the old man, renew our mind and attitude, Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks, so is he, then we put on the new man that is in Christ. Now, this is work. This doesn't happen one time. This happens continually. Because I said, you know, when we leave this place, we may have left all of our chains and our burdens of the past at the altar. But we said, as you go out that door, it's going to be there again. And those chains in your life, those burdens of the past, those things are built and lengthened. They're weighting you down link by link. In the movie, Marley, who Scrooge's old business partner is dead, He says that those chains grow link by link and yard by yard. So that as you go out of this place, it's not just that we're free from the past. It's that we need his presence in our life to help change our present. Because when we walk out those doors, those old chains are still there. He has taken them off you and he has taken the burden, but the enemy is there with them. And maybe it was a hurt that you let go of and and, and asked forgiveness Last week, you walk out of there, that person's going to say something awful to you again. The thought's going to come for you to hold on to that offense again. It's like picking up your chains all over. Don't pick them up. We're going to talk today a little bit about the fact that he empowers you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he empowers you to be different today. Everything changed when Jesus came into the world. Everything changed. You know, they were sitting uh, at the manger in a stable, there were some wise men, right? Some shepherds, angels looking down, Mary and Joseph, a bunch of animals. They're all hanging out. And then Jesus is born, and things change. All of a sudden, their lives aren't the same. There's not a one, one person that can walk away from that scene and have their life be the same. They've all been touched by what they just saw. They've all been touched knowing that the Messiah was brought in to the world. Jesus, the center of God's restoration plan, born into the earth. And he changed everybody that day, and then he spent the rest of his life on earth, and now as he sits at the right hand of the throne room of God, ever interceding for you and me, he sent the Holy Spirit to empower us to change our every day, our present. Scrooge didn't have... That story spelled out to him. He may have, who knows, it's not part of the movie. In the movie, after he comes back from the ghost of Christmas past, he's shaken by, by what he saw, beginning to realize that there's a reason why he is like he is. He's selfish. He's greedy. He looks out for no one but him. He only cares about what he cares about, and he's not interested who he has to run over to get what he wants. 
He's miserly. He pays his employees poorly. He treats them, he treats, he treats them terrible. And then he sees all of these hurts in his past. And then when the ghost of Christmas present comes, he takes them to the place where Scrooge can begin to see that things can be different. Next week we talk about Christmas yet to come, and that's the change that's made in Scrooge as then he goes forward and becomes a generous giving person. The way to break greed and selfishness in your life is to step into generosity. And, and, and the, but the movie is a three-part deal. There's past, present, and future. And so he understands the issues of the past. And in his life, he now comes face-to-face with the present, who he is today and how it can be different. All of us, if you've come to Christ, have been in a situation similar to this. We didn't come to Christ having all of our stuff together. Is anybody perfect when they came to Christ? I mean, I don't think that's... We came to him with issues. We came to him with baggage. We came to him with hurts. We came to him with our life being a bit of a mess, maybe a lot of mess. And we gave it to him, and he did something in our life. But we recognize the fact that we need Christ. When when Scrooge was presented with the Christmas present, he began to see that there was something out there that he didn't have that he needed. Didn't know how to get it, didn't understand it, just realized that it was out there. He began to see love. He began to see compassion. He He began to see this forgiveness. People were forgiving him for the bad things that he had done. Not knowing he was there, not knowing he was watching. He stood in the Cratchit's home. That's Tiny Tim's dad. And they, they're very meager. They have very, barely enough to eat. They're, but they're, they're happy. They're full of joy. Tiny Tim's, they're praying. And they're excited about what Christmas is about. And Cratchit even says, he asks that God blesses Scrooge. And, and he begins to see a compassion for him, for, for him. That, that he thinks there's no reason why these people should even be happy. They don't have anything. To him, happiness comes from stuff, self. About him feeling better about where he is, about climbing some ladder in his world. But what he realizes, these people in this house, they don't have anything. Tiny Tim's on a, he's on a crutch and, and he's headed down the last days of his life. He's just a little guy and he's sick, but he still holds out love. He still holds out happiness. He still holds out hope. And that touches Scrooge at, at some level. And then Cratchit saying that, that if there was an opportunity, God, please bless him, love him. Make a way, enlighten him. Thank you for sending him into our life to take care of us. Can you believe that? He's been so miserly, they barely have anything at all, and yet they're telling God, please bless him for what he has given us. It touched Scrooge. He didn't know what to do with it, but it touched him. And he went to a next, the next house was his nephew's house, and they took him in there, and they were all having fun. They were enjoying Christmas morning. They were all, they were full of joy. And then they began to talk about poor old Scrooge and how miserable he is and how miserly he is and only if he could find the joy that they had. And then they began to get on the nephew because he would not give up hope for his uncle. He even said at the end, I will give my uncle every chance at every Christmas. 
I won't give up on him. And there was something that began to touch Scrooge in that time, in that moment. That there was joy, there were things out there that he wasn't experiencing. And I am reading maybe a little bit into this, and I'm taking a whole movie and shortening it up to just a few minutes. But he begins to see, not only is the past the reason why he is, he begins to see where he is that things could be different. He'll be taken soon to another place in the, in the Christmas yet to come where he begins to see how that can be acted out in his life. But for us today, we have to realize we got rid of the chains last week, and today we can allow his presence to make a difference in our presence. That Jesus came into this world, we celebrated at Christmas, and he brought joy. He brought love, he brought light, he brought life, he brought joy and peace into the world. That's what he did. It says actually in Isaiah chapter 9 that he is the prince of peace. You know, he told all the, the angels, told the shepherds, hey, you got to go, you got to go see this guy. Come on. You got to come, you got to come to the manger. I, I'm bringing you tidings of great joy. Elizabeth, when she was pregnant, Mary came to her while she was pregnant and the baby inside of Elizabeth, she said, my baby has leapt within my womb for joy. That wherever Jesus came, he made a difference. He brought joy, he brought happiness, peace, he brought healing, he brought forgiveness, he brought all of these things. He said, well, it's just a baby in a manger. Yes, but that baby grew up. And it's the same baby that was in the manger that walked the streets with all the Pharisees and Sadducees and the people who were sick and all those things and had the wisdom to deal with one and the healing power to deal with the other. It was the same Jesus who hung on the cross for you and for me so that the power of the Holy Spirit could be released into our lives, so that our life could be changed, not just John three sixteen changed. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever should believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But he brought him into this world that he died on the cross, he ascended into heaven, so that yes, we could be saved, but so that second part, the John ten ten part, that you might have life and life more abundantly abundantly doesn't, nece doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have all the money in the world. But you're going to have all the fulfillment in the world. That he fulfills you in your life. That financially, yes, he takes care of you. We believe that. We believe that God has put us in this earth to be prosperous. We believe that. He has put us in this earth to be healthy. He has put us in this earth to walk in our right mind, to be able to discern what's going on, to be able to speak and to act in his wisdom and in his will. He, that's part of his abundant life. That's why Jesus came. I come to give you life and life more abundantly. Are you living that abundant life? What Scrooge began to see is it wasn't the abundant life wasn't about having things because he had more things than anybody. It wasn't about having cash because he had more cash than everybody. There was something that he was missing. There was, there was life in these homes when he peered in. In Tiny Tim's house, there was life there. But he didn't have life in his, but he couldn't figure out why they had life. When he went to his nephew's house, there was life there. He couldn't figure out why they had life. They're just frivolous. And they're all, no, there was something missing. You may come in here today, and you may not have a relationship with Jesus. There's something missing on the inside of you. Things could be a mess, and maybe you're not going the right direction. We, you may not be like, but you've been there. I mean, we've, we've, we've had that situation. We've had that change made in our life. 
Jesus came to bring that abundant life to you and to me. And the thing that I love, he takes away the past, but he doesn't leave me hanging today. He doesn't wait till I make six more mistakes and all that becomes the past. He's not just the God of the past. Revelations 1.8 says he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and he is who was and he is who is and he is who is to come. He's all the way, past, present, and future. So the God that has set us free from our past, he's the same God that in his presence today can change your present. And then next week when we begin to talk, he's the same God whose power begins to take us into our future. By next week, you'll already be seven days into the future. So you're already there. So we're on our way. Jesus came, and everywhere he went, he changed people. It was amazing. It wasn't a one-time deal. It wasn't just the manger scene. It wasn't just the fact that when he was a young boy and he was left in the synagogue, he taught the people who were in the synagogue. He changed people everywhere that he went. Can you imagine being the innkeeper at the place where he was born? That, guy, that guy's place has changed forever. I mean, he can now put up a big sign with flashing lights that says, come see where the, main, the Messiah was born. You know, it's, it's on, on your stop or on your way. Come check it out. He's got it all roped off. He probably sells tickets. And now all of a sudden, it's a whole different place. His life's completely changed. Why? Because Jesus came there. Have you allowed Jesus in your life, his presence, to make that kind of difference in you? Have, have you allowed his presence to bring you not just joy, because you can't have joy without hope. Have, have you allowed his presence in your life to bring hope? Because it's in that hope that joy begins to spring. It says in John 15 that Jesus came and he placed within you and within me his joy. He says, it's my joy that I leave with you so that your joy will remain full. Not just a little bit, but full. In Psalms, it says, in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. It also says in James that we're supposed to count it all joy. Because you may be saying, I'm going through stuff. Well, they covered that base too. In James 1, it says, count it all joy when trials and issues and things happen. Why? Because Jesus is in the center of your world, and he can change it in a minute. His presence has power to change your present. The Bible's full of those stories. There were blind people that were healed. I mean, like they couldn't see one minute, and the next minute they could. Like blind like, can't see. Blind Bartimaeus on the side of the road, screaming out for Jesus. He wasn't screaming out for a doctor. He was screaming out for Jesus. He said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He said, be quiet. You'll annoy or you'll bother the teacher. He said, I ain't being quiet. I need to see. And the only way I can see is for his presence to come in here and change my present. And Jesus came and said, what is it that you want? And he said, that I may receive my sight. And he said, let it be done to you. That quick. Blind, not blind. Instant. See, his presence didn't just take care of that guy's past. Did it help him with the future? Uh, sure. It doesn't say what the guy did. It doesn't say how he lived his life after that. But I'll tell you this. It changed his moment. It changed his present because he couldn't see, and then a second later, he could. There were blind people, sick people. Deaf people who could hear, mute people who couldn't talk, who now can speak. 
even to the end. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, he was there to make a way for you and me. He was there for his presence to make the ultimate way for each one of us. But even in that moment, he turns to one of the thieves who's being crucified with him and says, I want to change this moment for you. I mean, hanging on the cross. He came into this earth as a baby, changing lives. Walked on this earth as a man, touching and changing people's existence. And then he died on the cross. Yes, ultimately to change all of our existence. But while he's hanging there, he reaches out to the guy next to him to make a difference in that moment. In that moment. So there was the demoniac who was, who was all, he's wrapped up in chains. Nobody can hold him. And, you know, he lives in the caves and he's naked and, and he's just, he's wild and he's just driven crazy by these demons. And it says that Jesus came on the scene. He spoke to the demons and the demons left. They exited his life right there. But yeah, I have to read the rest of the story because right after, we get excited about that. The, the demons are all gone. The guy's set free. Praise God. We jump up and down. But right after that, it says people came on the scene and they couldn't believe that it was the same guy because he was clothed and in his right mind. One minute, a, a demoniac dressed and trying to be tied down with chains and ripped up and no clutches just acting like a maniac and the next minute he's sitting there all right his presence makes a difference in your present yes that took away i'm sure a lot of that guy's past and i'm sure it changed his life the next day the next week, the next month. But I'm telling you, the Bible says people were astonished because he was a demoniac one minute and clothed and in his right mind the next. It changed his day. It changed his day. The lady with the issue of blood. You know, she was sick for 12 years. 12 years she was sick, dying. She'd been to all the doctors. She'd spent all of her money. She didn't have any hope. You may be here today and say, you know what? I've tried everything. I'm telling you what. Jesus is your hope. She was going to die. Yet this thought came to her. If I could just somehow touch the hem of his garment, if I could just get to him, I know I would be made better. And so she pushes through the crowd and she reaches out and she grabs hold of his garment she grabs hold of his robe and it says that he felt he felt that anointing that healing power flow out of him into her and he turned around and said who touched me and everybody was banging around jostling around but but she's the one who reached out in faith and touched him and you know what she was healed instantly 12 years of sickness all the doctor's wisdom at that time all the money that she had spent and she has one moment one intersection with Jesus and his present changed her present. His presence in that moment changed her. Boom, changed. I mean, that, that's astonishing. But you know what? It's the same guy who's alive in our lives today. We'll let him take away the past. But will we allow him 
the opportunity to operate in our way in our lives in such a way that his power changes us moment by moment there was a lady that was caught in the midst of adultery and i mean in the midst of adultery and they brought her before jesus and they all wanted to kill her and he said any of you that haven't sinned why don't you cast the first stone and it says one by one they all dispersed and they all left and it was the lady standing next to jesus and he looked up and said woman where are your accusers and she said, I, I don't have any. They're all gone. And he said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Instantly. She went from an adulteress to being set free. Now, what did she do the next day? What did she do the next month? We don't know that. We haven't followed that story that far. But in that moment, what did he do? He changed her life. Changed her life. We say that we ask forgiveness, and it says he forgives us of our sins. That quick changes your present. You came in a mess, you leave better. You came in a sinner, you leave righteous. Who can change you in your life and move you from unrighteousness to righteousness in a moment? There's a progression of revelation of faith as you grow in him and mature, yes. But there is a change that takes place in your life instantaneously when you receive Jesus in your heart. His presence changes your present the story that surprises me probably and gives me the most hope is the story in acts 9 of saul and you may or may not know the story about saul i'm not saying you're a bad person but saul was bad he was the enemy he was the enemy of the church in those days. He was the one who was persecuting and killing Christians. He wasn't just sinning a little. He wasn't just just messing up. He was purposely coming against the church. He was purposely coming against people who profess Christ and putting them in prison and killing them. He would peep Christians would run from this guy. They didn't want to deal with him. But God had another plan. And we know, if you've read the Word and gone through the story, you realize and understand that, that, that it, was, it was a situation in which Paul or Saul eventually became Paul, wrote two-thirds in the New Testament, and began to build the church that now we are a part of. But when did that, when did that change occur? When he came across Jesus on the side of the road. And in his presence, it changed Saul's present. And one minute, he was persecuting Christians and was the enemy of the faith. And then the next minute, he was part of the church and proclaiming the lordship of Jesus Christ. Instant. If you read the story, it says, He was journeying near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone on him from heaven. And he fell on the ground, and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, who you're persecuting. A minute in his presence will change your present. He said, it's hard for you to kick against the goads. He told him to go into town and told him where to stay, and then he sent Ananias to him. And Ananias was like, I ain't going near that guy. Do you know what we're talking about? No way. 
And God said, come on, man, I need you. Somebody's got to go. So he goes, he prays for Saul. Saul's filled with the Holy Spirit. The, the scales come off of his eyes. He can see again. And then it says in verse 20, immediately he began to preach the Christ. See, one, that make one, one minute denouncing everything that it stood for and punishing the people who stood for it. Yet, right after that, he became the one who was preaching the Christ. There's a change that's made in your present if you'll get in his presence. It goes on and it says, Then all who heard were flat out amazed. And they said, Is this not the one who destroyed those who called on this name in Jerusalem? And he has come here for that purpose, to destroy those who call on the name of Jesus. But it says, Saul increased all the more in his strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is Christ. A moment in his presence changed. Changed the course of history when he was born. Changed the course of history when he died on the cross for you and for me. But from the beginning of that to the end of that, he changed history in people's lives one moment at a time. And since then, his presence has been changing your life one moment at a time. So today, what I want to do is just take a minute and stand up, and I want to pray for you. I don't know the things that you face. Last week we said, I know that this can be the greatest Christmas you've ever had because we're getting rid of the chains of the past and all the stuff that has held us back but 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 I would say that again today after saying the things that we've talked about I would say the same thing do you know what Christmas this year could be different than it ever could be could be completely different for you this year than it ever has been why because his presence is going to make a difference in your presence We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.